The Bill Myers Show podcast is sponsored by Clouser Drilling. They've been leading the way in Southern Oregon well drilling for over 50 years. Find out more about them at clouserdrilling.com. 770-KMED. Email bill at billmyershow.com. And we have everything working. 1063, 1063 HD1, 1067KMED, Jackson County, Southern Jackson County, 1067. You'll probably hear that uh, better. 99.3 KCMD in Grants Pass in Josephine County. And, of course, streamed everywhere. On KMED.com. Don't even need an app to uh, do that anymore. I'm not even sure that the uh, the app still works, okay? So if you've got a problem using the app, just delete the app. Just stream directly from the website, and we'll work that out. The Facebook feed is uh, is off right now. We're going to be talking a bit about uh, some international news. I, I'm not exactly what I call a foreign policy expert of any sort, but there's been a lot of talk, of course, about throwing a lot of money at uh, Ukraine and in um in Israel, and various other conflicts around the world. Meanwhile, well, things are just going, it's just an excrement show down on the uh, southern border, right? And, of course, uh, fentanyl still coming in and all the rest of it. And I'm going to uh, speak to a retired military person who wanted to kind of uh, add some clarity to this, and I'll talk with him a little later this hour, a uh, person I've never had the opportunity to to chat with. And um, uh, I'm looking forward to this because he says, yeah, we shouldn't have gone into the Ukraine. But now at this point, since we're in there, we really have to work something. And here's why. And so I'd like to hear that explanation, uh, given that, uh, well, you know, we had this new uh, this new border bill that came out here after. And see, and this is just a, this is how it's done. The blob in Washington, D.C. right now. This is on Punchbowl News this morning. After months of secret negotiations, secret negotiations. In other words, you're doing legislation behind the scenes with uh, the firm, or you could call it uh, Blob Inc., which would be Chucky Schumer and Mitch McConnell. Months, months of secret negotiation. Bipartisan border security and foreign aid package. And believe me, it's mostly foreign aid package and a little bit of border. And I think all you have to uh, remember is that there's a few hundred million dollars, and I'm going to put it in scary air quotes, okay? Just a few hundred million dollars available for border wall construction. It doesn't instruct a border wall construction, but there's a few hundred million dollars available. Now, a few hundred million dollars in Washington, D.C., in blob talk, that is a rounding error. That's a rounding error. I was reading that uh, in a, another piece of analysis on it. They had $1.3 billion for flights to uh, fly the uh, migrants around, but uh, only a few hundred million to build the wall. Of course, it's dead on arrival. Congressman Cliff Bentz will be on the show a little bit later this week, and he'll certainly say, yeah, it's uh, definitely uh, did uh, dead on av- arrival. But like I mentioned, though, supposedly the border bill, right? And the main issue is that um, $60 billion for Ukraine. Yeah, that's the uh, the big one here. And let's see how much uh, billions of dollars for uh, Israel too, Indo-Pacific region, and ongoing U.S. military operations in the Middle East as well. Needless to say, though, it's uh, not going anywhere. You can certainly see where Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell's heads are implanted uh, completely up the uh, cloaca of the military-industrial complex. Hey, we get lots of money to keep uh, overseas wars going. Got to keep doing that. Got to keep doing that. And uh, well, eight hundred, seven or eight hundred million dollars. We'll throw a little pocket change in. It's available to build the wall. It doesn't say build the wall. It just says the money is available. Yeah, they're not uh, particularly serious, and I don't know. I don't know where this is uh, is going to go, but that is the latest from Blob Central, okay? So we have that uh, going on. You know, there's a lot of uh, celebrating going on in um, in liberal centers over Measure 113. You know how Measure 113 last week, the state Supreme Court said, yes, uh, no, it doesn't actually say to do this, but uh, we're, we're looking at voter intent and we're saying, yep, and you can go ahead, these... Uh, Ten senators cannot run for re-election, including state senator, uh, state senator Dennis Linthicum and state senator Art Robinson, two of the good guys in the uh, state senate. State senator Tim Canope, 
He didn't run for re-election. Yeah, he was replaced by someone else who was actually conservative. It could actually be a good thing, but his uh, district is not particularly conservative anymore. But I digress. It um, was interesting to uh, look at the uh, Oregon Capital Chronicle, rather. And the Capital Chronicle, I made note of this over the weekend. Oregon Supreme Court bars Republican senators who participated in walkout from re-election. And, of course, all of the liberal interest groups, of course, are absolutely thrilled about this. The, the liberal groups, the public employee unions who, of course, pushed Measure 113 to get rid of these Republican senators that walked and denied quorum for a good cause. One of my uh, favorite quotes, though. Reed Scott Skull, let me see if I can get his uh, get his name right. Reed Scott Schwalbach, president of the Oregon Education Association, adds that voters across the political spectrum supported Measure 113. Now, listen to this. This is the Oregon Education Association. This is the teachers union saying this. The senators didn't just walk away from their jobs. They walked away from Oregon students who rely on the legislature to function and the thousands of Oregonians who clearly said that we expect politicians to show up and keep our state moving forward. Don't you find it interesting that the leader of the teachers union, whose members are happy to go out on strike and not do their job, they were perfectly happy to push Measure 113 to tell the senators to do their job. So, question for you this morning, is it time for another measure, another measure to force public employees to do their jobs? Because the public employees were all about Measure 113. Public employee unions were the ones that generated and started this. Public employee unions were the ones that backed Measure 113, mostly, because uh, they don't like having Republicans saying no. And so we have to get rid of those Republicans that deny quorum. So they backed Measure 113. And they sold it to the rubes of Oregon by saying, they're not doing their job. When actually denying quorum when, uh, hey, everyone's trying to cut the genitals off of kids and the state senators are trying to do that. Uh, that actually is doing their job. So why don't we have a measure then? And, uh, okay. How could how could unions, how could the state public employee unions say no to a ballot measure that would say you're not allowed to strike anymore? Because after all, you same public employee unions pushed Measure 113. And saying that all the senators have to be there to do their job. Well, I guess what? If you're a if you're a school teacher, you need to be there to do your job too. If you're a member of SEIU, you need to be there to do your job. No striking. No more striking, because after all, your job's important, too, and you need to be there to do your job. How long do you think it would take before you would start backing off? Whoa, with us, we we need to have the, uh, the power to strike because we buy state politicians. Well, they may not say that, but that's really what they do, because we buy all the state and local politicians, and we need that uh, ability to strike. <laughs> Maybe I'm just uh, dreaming, but boy, wouldn't that be great? I'd love to hear the state employees and all the public employee unions saying that after they backed Measure 113 under the guise of they need to be there to do their jobs and uh, many voters not thinking it through understood that sometimes denying quorum is doing their job. But how about if we had uh, something that said that public employee unions are not allowed to strike? How could they say no? They backed a no strike for uh, Republicans in the state Senate with Measure 113. I'd be all for that. Let me tell you. This is the Bill Meyer Show, and you're on KMED KCMD 770-5633. If you're remodeling your house, start with the foundation. Millette Construction offers a no-pressure, thorough inspection of your home's foundation and a no-obligation estimate if your house needs work. The foundation is most important because all the repairs and upgrades you're planning from the floors, windows, doors, cabinets, even the roof can be affected if your foundation is unstable. Be sure you're on solid ground. Millette Construction will level your house and correct the shifting soil problem. Visit MilletConstruction.com. 
The Road Gardener, sponsored by Grange Co-op. We try to control weeds with other plants, plants that will grow in place of the weeds. Using that kind of a strategy, we can then make sure that we are doing pest control so that we're not trying to kill every insect on the face of this earth, only the ones that are harmful to our plants, and it just seems to make sense. Talk to Stan live Saturdays 10 to noon and a Sunday morning encore at 9 on KMED and KCMD. Three little words no parent wants to hear. My tummy hurts. And it always seems to happen at the worst times. Like in the middle of the morning rush when you still have homework to check and lunches to pack. And of course, you're already late for work. Luckily, there's Pepto Kids. Pepto Kids gummies help relieve occasional stomach upsets, turning those three words into these three words. I feel better. Bad time for stomach upsets? Good time for Pepto Kids gummies. Fast support for little tummies. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is Bill Meyer. I appreciate you waking up mornings with me, 6 to 9 on KMED and KCMD. But I get it. Life can be busy. Sometimes you might miss a show or segment, or what did that guest say again? And that's when you can catch up and stay current with my podcast. The last three months of shows are available for free download and sharing on KMED.com. Podcasts are sponsored by Clouser Drilling, and they're online at clouserdrilling.com. And thanks to Clouser, you can drill into what really happened on The Bill Meyer Show on KMED.com. Hi, I'm Lisa with Kelly's Automotive Service, and I'm on KMED and KCMD. 624, by the way, speaking of Kelly's Automotive, since uh, everyone just happened to go by, it's wipeout hunger time, and if I recall, I hope I have the numbers right. I'm just uh, spitballing off of memory, but 40 ounces of peanut butter or nut butter donated and uh, at least uh, 10 ounces of a jelly, a jam, something like that. You do at least that. Of course, you can always donate more, and they donate that to the local food banks. It ends up being a great way to have some storable protein for many of the families who are uh, struggling with a bit of hunger, okay? And I think that's a really great program, and what Kelly's will give you, both in Grants Pass and in Medford, in exchange, they will give you a free pair of wiper blades up to 35 bucks, and leave and put them on. Very cool. All right. So that's a good deal. Good deal over there at uh, Kelly's. Okay. 25 after six. Tom's in talent. Tom here. You wanted to weigh in on my uh, earlier comment here that uh, the state public employee unions, of course, uh, backed Measure 113, you know, saying that those senators that were... Denying quorum needed to do their job. Well, I think that the turnabout's fair play, and it's time for state and public employee unions should not be allowed to strike anymore. Period. Done. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was John F. Kennedy who uh, uh, said, vote for me, and and I'll make it so the public employees can strike. But I wanted to comment on on the use of language, uh, Mm -hmm. um, how this was all sold to the people of Oregon. I wonder if uh, if they had said um, this amendment is to ensure that uh, minors have the right to have their genitals cut off, and this 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 is what this legislation is all about. Do you think the majority of the rubes, as you called them, would uh, would have voted for it if they, if they understood that's what it was all about? Oh yeah, and that's what it was all about was making sure that. Uh... As many genitalia were cut off of uh, of kids under the guise of gender affirming care, <laughs> you know, that's what. Yeah, it, it, it's, that it's was part of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I I wrote. I had some interchange with Pam Marsh, who was uh, all in it with the elbows and the rest of her body parts for uh, cutting off the genitals of minors, and uh, and uh, she was she was firm on it. That's what she wanted. She thought that was great, and and. Uh, Called it, uh, you know, uh, gender affirming and so forth. Now, so that's the way. Um, so that's what they got away with, just saying it's so. Oh, it, uh, you know, make those people show up for work so they can. Uh, so anyway, that's the way it was. Now I see what's happening on the county level. Is uh, same thing is happening the way it's sold. You know, this. You look at all the people that are pushing the uh, five uh, commissions and so forth. They're not really saying this is the way for the Democrat Party to uh, take over Jackson County and and make sure that we have uh, uh, vaccine mandates and uh, business closures and basically yeah it's yeah it's it's all about you know all of these charter changes that uh, the failed county now in Jackson County it's normally done by failed county commissioner candidates okay. They're, they haven't been able to get on the uh, the county on a uh, countywide void. But uh, it's about strengthening the state influence over the county being able to 
you know, resist the worst uh, depredations, as far as I'm concerned, from the state yeah, they system. Want to, they want to so- Sovietize yeah. Jackson County. That's what that's what this whole thing is is all about. They don't want any any people that actually believe in individual rights. It's all about state power, state authoritarianism, and so forth. They're, I don't, you know, I keep saying the Democrat Party is the new fascist party in, in Oregon. I mean, I see fascism on both parties, but I, I see the Democrats are going whole hog into uh, just state yeah. medical fascism, and it just keeps on going. And by the way, oh. I, I wanted to comment on that. Now, the five-county thing that has been proposed, there were like two or three different ones for Jackson County. That has not made the, the ballot at this point, all right? Now, a, a total county repeal and rewrite has been pros, uh, proposed in Josephine County. Josephine County is the first one really under attack right now, 17-116. And I implore the folks of Josephine County, do not make this a difficult argument. Because if you start ended up uh, debating about how much it would cost for a county administrator and five different uh, five different uh, uh, county commissioners, and you start advertising or you start arguing all the little fine details of it, you get lost in the weeds and you're making their arguments. You know what I'm getting at here? You you're know, absolutely right. Yeah, yeah don't that's right. don't make it difficult. It's just they are completely eliminating the old charter. And we're and then just completely rewriting it. That's all they're doing. It's a complete and total rewrite. And there were good things in the old charter that are gone. And it's like this is an incredible overreach here. They weren't proposing a few little things here, like just five uh, five county commissioners. No, it was a total rewrite of this charter. And yeah, it, no, that's a, that's what's going on. People just don't realize what's going. Uh, going on in terms of uh, Sovietizing the, the, the counties and so forth, and the vast overreach of the state. Question here: um, You you talk with a lot of people, but apparently it looks like a uh, even with the so-called mail-in ballots, is that Republicans are sitting on their hands and they're not uh, sending in votes. They they're just, yeah. what, What's the level of apathy in both Jackson and Josephine County? They can't even be bothered to listen up a pen and. Well, that's that's going to be that's going to be the uh, you know the real battle at this point. But just remember, folks, and Tom, I appreciate your comment. It's just great as always. Is that don't sit around there and argue the leftists uh, with the leftists. Well, it would be too expensive to have five county commissioners, or it would. Well, you know, quit arguing the fine points. The leftists are grabbing your charter and your county government and blowing it up. And refashioning it to suit them. That's all there is to it. They're destroying the old charter. Nothing of the old charter is left. And they rewrite the whole thing. It's like, wait a minute. Who the hell are these people? Why are you letting, why are you even arguing with them? There's only one thing to do. You say no. This is an overreach. This is insanity that you're doing. Don't sit there and start arguing with a leftist. The leftist only wants one thing. They want five county commissioners so that they can have two or three of them. That's why. (laughs) That's the only reason they're going for a charter rewrite. Well, they're not even rewriting the charter in Josephine County. They're blowing it up. The old one is eliminated. Everything's gone. And they start again. And it's bipartisan. Yeah, you get a couple of, uh, of of rhino Republicans in on it, and then the communists are like, "Well, we got, uh, we've got, look at this, we've got uh, bipartisan support." Yeah, it's like a, a border deal done with Mitch McConnell, right? Knock it off, Joe County and Jackson County for that matter, but Joe County's the one that has the vote coming up. The answer is no. You're blowing up the; they're completely destroying the old charter, throwing out all the good stuff too. And then rewriting it to fate. And by the way, it's the number one goal of the Democratic Party in Josephine County. Are you thinking that they're concerned about your conservative family values being respected? Don't make me laugh. Anyway. Hi, KMD, KCMD. Good morning. Good morning, Ron Grant's Pass. Hello, Ron. Some of the basic problems we have include... uh, senators and representatives who don't state a problem, then state the intent of the problem and 
uh, de define the purpose of the legislation and prove that it meets the constitutional limits that the people have set in the original constitutions. Now we have judges who uh, by themselves are more powerful than all the people and all the legislators and, and, and the governors and others by simply putting uh, a law or a rule on stop. Okay. They are one more powerful. And 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 are, okay. And where are you going to go with it, though? Is what I'm wondering. Is that yeah? We certainly well, know the well, problem. Well, okay. What I'm going to is that the, uh, the the legislators must state an intent and a problem and use that as their uh, basis for uh, proposing something. But they have to meet the constitutional limitations oh. before they can even propose it. Okay. I mean, it sounds like a certainly great idea. And how do you make them do it? I appreciate the call. That's all I'm saying. You know, it's like it's controlled by people, by the Democratic Party in the state of Oregon. But anyway, hi. Who's this? Good morning. Hello? Must be me. Must hi, be you. In Phoenix. Yes, it is. Good. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to call and say my condolences to the good people of Oregon since the state legislature is back in session. Indeed. I just wanted to say I'm, my, my condolences in a second of silence. <laughs> yes, Yesterday, Jeff Golden at the uh, little get-together that they had in Ashland. I'm not even going to what Pam Marsh said. Um, two things that people need to understand, that they're, they may not get it, but they're targeting the mortgage home tax deduction mm -hmm. and the kicker. They're really going to make a push on that. So, I, and, I, and there's also a big push, and there's also a big push for a, a state property tax, too. Yeah, but they think that it's their money, it's not your money. Anyways, it's really sad. So I just want everybody to really keep an eye on that. They may not get everything they want, but they're but they're going to make a play. So, mm -hmm. anyways, my condolences to the good people of Oregon. Hey, you know there's something that uh, more than one person, including me, thought about over the weekend. You know those ten uh, senators that can't they can't uh, run for re-election mm -hmm. according to the yeah. courts. Why don't they just walk out now? What can they do to them? That's a good. That's that's a good, you know. That's a good idea. Um, you'll have to ask uh, uh, Dennis when 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 you get him on and a, and ask him about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, just, just walk out. Say, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You already you already told us we can't run for re-election. Great. You can't do anything now. That well, that might be our our only little hope. But anyways, um, I just want everybody to know that they're going to make a play, and uh, this is their big push. So, um, good luck to all of us. All right. Thanks for the call. I'll take one more, and then i got to roll. Hi, who's this? Good morning. Hello, this is Gene. Yeah, Gene, go ahead. Uh, you were talking about making it uh, impossible for the teachers to walk out on strike. Mm -hmm. Why not also include in there that if you are pushing for genital removal, yours has to be removed first? I kind of like that. You know, if you're pushing for uh, kids being uh, being cut up and mutilated there, uh, you try it first, okay? And tell me how it works, okay? I like that. They have to lead by example. Yeah, ex exactly, exactly. Of course, it will probably leave us to uh, more government freaks <laughs> in the system. I don't know. All right. Uh, this is the Bill Meyer Show, KMED, KCMD. We're going to shift gears back. We'll get back on this stuff. By the way, uh, State Senator, not State Senator, State Rep uh, Dwayne Yunker, uh, new to the brand new session. We're going to talk with him a little bit about an hour from now on this stuff. If you're getting ready for a winter road trip, click on the travel report on KMED.com. You'll find the latest road conditions, road cams, and gas prices all over our region. Be prepared with a travel report on KMED.com. Sponsored by Lithia Body and Paint on Bullock Road in Medford. News sponsored by Caveman Heating and Air. It's the climate and we control it. Call Caveman Heating and Air at 541-476-0009 or cavemanheating.com. Good morning. I'm Molly Smith with your NBC5 morning news update. Lithia and driveway fields brought in close to $12 million for the city of Medford in 2023. According to the city, this was the sport park's fourth best year for economic stimulus in its 15-year history. Medford Parks and Recreation Director Rich Rosenthal says the biggest challenge with recreation facilities like these is maintenance. These places are bringing in as much money as they do, in part because of the attention the city gives them. Rosenthal says the economic impact of the fields is like a return on an investment for building recreational facilities. Having the fields allows for a kind of ripple effect economically because those who use the fields will also dine, shop, and stay locally. 
And this one's for all the kids listening. Have you ever thought about what you would do if you were mayor for a day? It's a question Ashland Mayor Tanya Graham wants you to think about. She's opting into the annual Oregon Mayor's Association If I Were Mayor contest. For kids in fourth and fifth grade, there's a poster contest. For kids in middle school, there's an essay contest. And for kids in high school, there's a video contest. The city council and mayor will then select a winner in each category. The deadline to apply is March 8th, and the local winning entries will then be submitted to the state for a chance to win a cash prize. To enter, visit ashland.or.us. And that's a look at your morning headlines. For NBC5 News, I'm Molly Smith. Don't miss the Southern Oregon Polar Punch for Special Olympics and your chance to step out of your comfort zone to benefit youth and adults with disabilities. Get your team together and jump into an unheated outdoor pool, all for a great cause. It's cold enough. Are you bold enough? Your support provides athletes with access to sports, activities, wellness programs, community, and much more. Join us Saturday, March 2nd. The fun starts at 11 a.m. at the Rogue Valley Country Club in Medford. Register your team, volunteer, or skip the dip and donate at plungeoregon.org. Bill Meyer with Sharice from No Wires Now. So glad I switched to Dish. And if your listeners have DirecTV or cable TV, they're paying too much. And you made it easy to switch. Plus, I got the Hopper DVR and Dish's very cool voice-activated remote. Call today, tell me what you have, how much you're paying, and I think you're going to love Dish. I'll even help you lower your existing internet and cell phone bill. Call Sharice like I did. 541-680-5875. NoWiresNow.com. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Internet and cell phone service are not provided by dish. An intelligent solution saves you money. This is Randall at Advanced Air. It takes an expert to navigate the current HVAC rebates. Call Advanced Air to save big on equipment replacement. Advanced Air is currently offering an additional rebate on qualifying systems, up to $1,000 on Bryant mini split and crossover heat pumps. Some exclusions apply. Advanced Air and Bryant do whatever it takes to deliver intelligent heating and cooling solutions. Visit myadvancedair.com for details. Your intelligent heating and cooling solution. Visit myadvancedair.com. Hey, to social engineering and leftist corporations, do they make you feel like we're kind of living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Now, our friends at Pure Talk, my wireless company, they know the silent majority is fed up. And I'm calling on all of those Americans, stand with a company that champions your values. The average family is saving almost $1,000 a year. Dial pound 250, say the keyword, save now. Do it now. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month from our friends at Pure Talk. 106.3 KMED, 99.3 KCMD, and this is The Bill Myers Show. 20 before 7, and I think it's always important to try to understand a lot of the foreign policy that uh, the, the D.C. blob is is talking about because we're involved in a lot of stuff right now. I don't always understand exactly why. I noticed that, uh, you know, that, like I was mentioning earlier when I came on, there was that Senate deal, the Senate deal for the border with $60 billion for Ukraine and uh, 80, I think it was $800 million or so, give or take a few uh, dozen million of dollars uh, for that is, that is available for constructing a wall, but it doesn't actually say to construct the wall. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's interesting where the emphasis is being placed on uh, on policy here. I wanted to talk with retired U.S. Army Sergeant Major and author John Diverti. And, John, it is a pleasure to have you on. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Bill. Hey, I appreciate you having me on. And, um, actually, in your time zone, I'm down here in California getting snowed on. Oh, uh, oh so you're snowed on. You're in higher elevation. I, I knew there was a lot of rain going on, but I didn't understand that, that there was a lot of snow going on there, too. What section of the state are you in? I'm in uh, Tahoe. I'm actually in the Nevada side. Ah, so good for you. I'm still in the good area. Okay, <laughs> glad to hear it. All right, John, I want to talk to you about a little bit about your history. At least what I have here is what 25 years as special forces in the uh, Green Beret, which already makes you a bit of a uh, overachiever. Okay, in my deal, and uh, you wrote a book recently, and it's called "We Are America: A Voice from the Silent Majority." All right. Uh, something tells me the silent majority is uh, starting to get a little more uh, loud as time goes on. There's a lot of you know anger going on out there. But uh, what about your national security? What uh, what sort of national security uh, bona fides do you bring to the table, too? Well, I actually have a master's in national security. So, you know, with national security, you know, having the degree is great. 
Mm-hmm. It kind of, like you just said, it gives you the bona fides to sit at the table. But really what counts is your experience because there's a lot of people out there with these degrees and all they do is sit in the beltway and make decisions and they make terrible decisions because, because they have no experience on the ground. Mm-hmm. Zero. Yeah, but they're happy to send other. But they're happy to send other kids, uh, other people's uh, children, to be on the ground, right? Correct. That kind of thing. Right. All right. Help us understand the Ukraine conflict. And I was never a big fan of us getting involved there in the first place. It has been a well. It's been one of the most corrupt countries forever in a day, as far as I know. And. And then I'm starting to wonder, why am I more concerned with what happens with the Ukraine than I am with what happens to our own country? And so we're we're involved now. There's no doubt about that. Now the European Union's kicking in, uh, uh, what, tens of billions of, uh, of euros to help out here, too. Could you help us understand why we need to be there, or do we need to be there? Why don't you just take us down the path, according to your, your view here? Well, one thing that uh, people in the Beltway don't do is they don't look at the historical aspect. And they don't look at the history of it. They, they look at the now, and they're trying to solve the now. Well, the way you do it is you go back and look. So let's go back a little bit. So let's go back when the former Soviet Union fell, the whole Warsaw Pact fell. Ukraine did have some, some nukes, and they had some airplanes, some um, you know, uh, nuke delivery uh, aircraft. And the U.S. and the U.K. went to Ukraine and said, hey, if you give all that stuff up, we'll give we'll give you. And they're like, we can't give it up because we're afraid that Russia is going to come in and invade us. Yeah. And we said, well, well, we'll defend you. And we signed an agreement. So that's one reason why we're there. But with Putin, and one thing about Putin, he I mean, I don't like the guy. You know, he's basically a dictator. Yeah, but I, he's no dummy either, though. I wanted to make that clear. He's not. He's not. He's a very intelligent guy. And here's what I like about him. Is he tells you, if you do that, I'm going to respond with this. And then he does it. He doesn't draw a line in the sand and say, okay, I'm going to draw a new one. Like we've done. Mm-hmm. So when he's always said, I don't want NATO on my borders. And Ukraine is my buff. And by the way, I understand why you would say that. Uh, because we would not handle Russian troops on the Mexican border, as an example. You know, we wouldn't want that, right. would we? We wouldn't tolerate that for one for one New York second. No, we wouldn't. And so, and we'll get to that in a second. But um, so that that's just a big beef. Now let's look look at Ukraine, and this is where if you do this and you can look internationally, particularly the Middle East, is look at the dynamics that. The, the culture of Ukraine. And there's basically two cultures. The Donetsk culture and the Crimea culture more aligns with Russia. The West Coast, the West side of Ukraine, more aligns with Poland, Europeans, mm-hmm. etc. Right. So, you know, giving, allowing Putin to have that Donetsk, and that's all he wants is that buffer there. And Honestly, you know, I think one of the things that some people should probably do is just, hey, we're going to do an actual vote, but it's going to be run by either, you know, the U.N. or a trusted entity. And we'll get in there and we'll let the people of Crimea and Donetsk decide where they want to be. And so let's go back to about, I think it was 2013, um, when Putin had his little puppet guy in there. The Ukrainians were boycotting against him and all these riots. Well, the guy eventually, you know, Putin went to the EU to Rasmussen and said, hey, let's have some trilateral discussions about this and let's solve this Ukraine issue. And this is when Ukraine, was, their political side was lining with Putin. Well, Rasmussen, you know, had the, the momentum, the EU had the momentum to continue the revolts and the protests and, and the riots. And he said, nah, we're not really interested. Well, then... You know, we had a political change that aligned more with the EU. But you had the revolt and the rebellion in Donetsk, in Crimea, and Russia decided to take Crimea. Well, even before he took Crimea, is the EU went to Putin and said, hey, let's have a trilateral discussion. And he said, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> kind of interesting. Kind of uh, reversing yeah. roles here. In a way, right. huh? He's like, look, you weren't interested then. Why would I be interested now? You know. 
because I now I have the upper hand. And I don't blame him. I mean, he's just like, you know, look, guys, we tried. I tried to solve this before. Now, I'm not giving him kudos. Don't don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, um, and this is where I come with the current war is when it first started in Ukraine, you know, when Russia did invade Ukraine, then what the U.S. and particularly the EU and by U.S., I mean, we're second tier. We're second in line to help Ukraine. The EU needs to be ponying up first. And I'll match you dollar for dollar. But what they should have done is given Zelensky the ability to crush the Putin military, the Russian military, and embarrass him. Because what that would do is that would make him lose favor in Russia. Hmm. And then you you can get rid of, if your goal is to get rid of Putin, the problem is, Who's next? Is that person even worse than Putin? So you, you have to look at just not the single effect. You got to look at second, third, fourth, fifth order of effects. Is it possible, John? By the way, I'm speaking with John Diverti. <clears throat> is it even possible, really, for Ukraine to crush a Russian military, especially a Russian military that has been kind of pushed into the arms of uh, the Chicoms with China? You know, it's not exactly like they're uh, just alone on all this. Would you agree or disagree with me on that? Well, they can defeat them because they have the will, and the Russian military does not. So so I write about NATO. In my NATO chapter, I, di- I discuss Ukraine. Mm-hmm. By the way, I update this book every presidential election. And the meat of the book, the actual conclusions— and such really haven't changed because nobody in the Beltway has done a damn thing to fix these issues. And I talk about health care. I talk about taxes. Yeah. But anyway, so back to this. Yeah, and by the way, way, this is the book that is called We Are America. This is the one you have out right now, correct? Yes, We okay. Are America, a voice in the silent majority. You can get it on Amazon at like 16 bucks, or you can go to Kindle, it's 10 bucks. So anyways, with the Ukraine, what Ukraine could do is and I'm I'm all for matching dollar for dollar. I'm not about putting Americans in boots on the ground. Mm-hmm. And that's where the the European nations need to come in. And even in the EU and within NATO, um, or within the EU, you have the problem of hunk, of countries like Hungary, which won't go with you. They're like, I don't care what Putin did. So you, you you've even got a divide within the EU, and that's their biggest problem is they have these divides. And when I was living over there, uh, working in Africa um, for Special Operations Command in Africa, I was talking to my European counterparts. I said, you know what you guys need to do is you need to pick up a book in the United States. And as boring, it's, it's, it's even more boring than um, um, any book I've ever read called The Federalist Papers. And you guys need to realize you need to come together, you know, because what you're doing with the EU is what the, you, you know, the 13 colonies initially did with the United States is we're a union. Of states, we're supposed to be. So, yeah. Um, but <laughs> and by the way, you're right about the Federalist Papers. You're right do, about that. <laughs> yeah, is what Ukraine could do is just start dropping flyers on the front lines and telling those soldiers, "Hey, this is how you give up. And if you come across, you get a hot meal, a hot bunk, you know, and we'll give you some money to go when you when the war is over. Huh. If you come across with a tank." We'll give you more money. You come across with a MIG, we'll give you more money. You see what I'm saying? Okay, all so right. Now you're stealing his because those kids want to give up. They but because they've got people behind them, just like back in the old American Civil War day or American Revolution days, is you know officers had swords so they could stab people that were trying trying to flee the battlefield. Yeah. You know, John, the, the one thing that, that I don't know if that necessarily rings totally true, though, in, in, in some respects, and, and tell me where I may be or, or may be wrong. What concerns me is that uh, Ukraine has suffered so many losses. And I'm reading these uh, these stories about how they're they're trying to like conscript everybody. You know, every old guy in the world <laughs> there is getting sent you know to the front line at this point. In some ways, we give them a lot of money. Aren't we just delay, delaying the inevitable? In other words, fighting to the last Ukrainian on this uh, kind of situation. What, what are your thoughts on that? 
Well, the other thing is with the prolonged war, you know, you're seeing with Russia, they're buying munitions from North Korea, Iran, right. China, other people. They're running out of munitions. They're running. They're they're losing hardware, and they don't have the the means really to replace it. Um, even with their their chokehold on on uh, energy, in, on carbon on carbon fuel products, um, they're they're still in a hurt. And this really originated a lot of people in Russia. They wanted Putin, you know, once they got up economically um, after the communist wall, is they wanted to, uh, you know, hey, we need to be more internationally involved, you know. And so, you know, he started doing more stuff internationally. And, you know, this is now one of the results, you know, and it goes back to one of one of the things that if you look at the fall of the communist uh, empire, you know, the Soviet, former Soviet Union, the Warsaw Pact and all that. And this is typical of what we do. We did it in Afghanistan. As soon as we chased the Soviets out of Afghanistan, you know, the Talibs, which are now the Taliban, the, you know, the Muaddin, all the warfighters over there were high-fiving each other. They turned around to high-five the Americans, and we weren't even, we weren't even there anymore. Mm-hmm. That's why I went into turmoil. That's why Russia fell into turmoil. You just can't wake up one day and say, okay, we're a capitalist society. People don't know how to act. It's like we here in the United States, we woke up tomorrow morning and, hey, we're a communist society. Well, we would know how to act. There's over 60 million gun owners in the United States. They know how to react to that one. But, you know, just imagine if it did. Now, you know, you see this void, and that's what happened with these oligarchs is they saw these voids, and they just started stealing natural resources from uh, the Soviet people. Yeah, and it fills and the vacuum. Home. They filled the power vacuum right. at that time. All right. That's what happened. So, John— We that, should have walked in there and said, hey, step by step, this is how we're going to do this. But you see, that was that was a truly an opportunity lost, right, after the uh, fall. Exactly. And we, we do it all the dumb time. Hmm. Like, come on, guys, this is ridiculous. <laughs> you know, after we spend, uh, you know, a few hundred billion or trillion, you know, then we, okay, we're out. And then— Right. Oh, okay. Then how do you believe, then, that we should approach Ukraine? Like I said, $60 billion for a debt-on-arrival bill came out of the Senate over the weekend. You know about that. It's $60 billion for that. If you were the one in charge of the blob right now, it's what we always like to call it, the blob, you know, the the foreign policy blob, uh, bipartisan blob there, what do you think should really be given to Ukraine, and what would the conditions be that you believe should be there? So I would look at what the EU nations have given, and like I said, I would match them dollar for dollar. Dollar for dollar, like, okay. Money. All right. You don't get money. You go through the foreign military sales system, and basically what it is you, is you get a credit, you get a gift card for however many billions of dollars that the EU gives, and it'll be for, you know, specific munitions. Um, if you, you know, earlier on, um, Ukraine, so their pilots are trained on, the Soviet era aircraft, the, U, the MiGs and such. Mm-hmm. Well, we're trying to give them F-18s. We're like, oh, it's going to take us, you know, six months to a year to train these guys up. I'm like, well, there's plenty of former Warsaw, such as Poland, um, Estonia, and these other countries still have MiGs. But now they're aligned with NATO. Why don't we give them NATO-type aircraft, you know, like the F-18s, and take their U- MiGs and give them to the Ukraine? Actually, that so, makes sense. They already know how to fly those planes. Right. Okay, yeah. Exactly. All right. And we can, and we're swapping out the munitions. And now you're getting in line because, you know, Poland and such, they have these AK-47s. Well, that's not NATO issue, and that screws up our logistics. And and that's why we have NATO rounds 556 and our 762s. So, and to include up the howitzers and all these other munitions. But to so, take but to take Poland's uh, non-NATO and uh, funnel it to right. Ukraine would not be the worst idea. Okay, all right. No, mm-hmm. yeah, and they they get to work with what they can. And they can use it immediately. But you know, unfortunately, you know, DC and you know these super smart people that got PhDs and stuff, which we all know just means piled higher and deeper, with no experience, <laughs> are making the damn decisions. Is there yeah. is there actually a purpose to the chaos though? Is it, does the blob want the chaos? And it's a serious question, John DeVertine. Oh, yeah. And one of your guests, you know, highlighted earlier is, you know, he's not a Republican, doesn't support the Republicans or Democrats. And if you look at the polls, the Gallup poll recently said there's about 
45% of the American population does not align with any party. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, in the voting population, only 27% of Democrats and Republicans are um, aligned that way, 27% each. The rest are independent and moderate. And that's what you're seeing is people are starting to wake up. And that's why, like you mentioned earlier, I should probably just scratch out the silent on the book, you know, and just name it a voice from the majority, because you're exactly right. We need to start stressing our voice. And that's why I'm doing these interviews. And that's why I'm, you know, I'm paying to get on these radio stations, paying uh, my agent to do this. Why? Because I'm seeing the way America's going, and it's not a good way. And believe me, folks, after 25 years of being a Green Beret, one of the things we learn from the get-go is how to overthrow a country. And the reason we do that is so we can go out there and defend. I mean, I was down in Columbia in the 90s. I was there when we did playing Columbia. I actually got to talk to Bill Clinton in 2008 about playing Columbia because he signed it. And, you know, it was executed perfectly. And I, and I told him, I said, I don't know if we did that on purpose, and I'm pretty sure we didn't, but it just worked out that way, you know, where everything worked out. And playing Columbia is the platinum standard. When I was in Africa and um, – in Afghanistan, I did three tours in Afghanistan. I was your regular warfare advisor over there. When people found out, you know, my experience, they were like, okay, how do we fix this? You know, and I tell them how to fix it, but you know what they would do? Not a damn thing. Huh. Say lack they of imagination, apparently, doing. huh? Right. Hmm. You know, a friend of mine asked me, he goes, hey, when are we going to, when are we going to fix this war in Afghanistan? And I said, as soon as we get serious about it. He's like, what? And this is, uh, let me ask you a question. I said, this is a conventional or unconventional war? And he said, it's an unconventional war. I said, how many unconventional commanders are in charge? <laughs> None, right? None. <laughs> Rule number one in unconventional war, never, ever, ever bring in conventional troops. <laughs> Interesting. Because and yet that's what we always do. Great. That's what we always don't do, me, right? Yeah, don't get me wrong. They're great. You know, and they do their job. Problem is, they don't understand unconventional warfare. You know, I'm in Iraq, and we're I'm helping this. We, my guys, we want to kind of get in, get in the street. We're going down the street, and we got these conventional guys. The guy kicks over a cigarette box. This guy's selling cigarettes. And I go over there and help this guy picking up cigarettes, and I call that sergeant over, and I said, you help him pick them up. And I told him later, I said, you don't do that, because that guy there is just selling cigarettes. He's a civilian here. You don't know his affiliation. But when you do that, I can tell you tomorrow his affiliation. Mm-hmm. keep doing that because yeah. that's his business and you know the guy appreciated it. i gave him some water said hey sorry about that you shouldn't have done that and i made the kid apologize and he goes you're exactly right my, my bad but that's what the, you know unfortunately that's what we do you know and so you know back to ukraine we just match dollar for dollar it's four military sales they get equipment if i start seeing equipment on the black market which is kind of what they're doing yep um, then I'll shut it down. That's if you were in charge so, there. Unfortunately, you're not, but I like the idea. Okay. Right. <laughs> All right. John, and, I appreciate the take. You know, it, open up the old Lend Lease. Open up the old Lend Lease. Here you go. Because they've got plenty of grain. They've got plenty of soil. And here's, here's one thing I did not realize until I talked to somebody in the energy industry. The majority of piping for drilling comes from Ukraine. Which is also another reason why everybody's so focused on this uh, this patch of land, for sure, okay? Right. Uh, John, I appreciate your take. And by the way, we're going to have you back. Don't worry. We're going to have you back for a, a deeper dive a little bit later. We'll have you wake up a little bit later in the morning since you're since I know you're on West Coast. Do you live West Coast, uh, or are you just on a tour of some sort? No, no. I'm out here. Uh, some buddies of mine uh, from college, we all get together every year, come out here. We've been doing this for, gosh, almost, yeah, probably – 30 plus years. Uh-huh. Wait, what's your normal base of operation then if it's not uh, Tahoe? Uh, I'm born and raised in Florida. I was born in Central Florida, raised up in the Panhandle, and I did my 33 years in the military. Oh, okay. So it's the, yeah, it's the free part of the country. Okay, got it. All right. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, we, we actually uh, we got a good governor, and I'm glad he's back. You know, I wish he, wish he just stayed there and done it done that campaign in four in four more years you know i would tend to agree with you on that it it was not ripe it was not ripe this time okay no, just no, saying that but but the part you know the part that does irritate me about that uh, before we before we uh, move on here john is that um 
when I hear the attacks on DeSantis, I'm thinking to myself, all right, do we have that many effective Republican leaders and governors out there that can point to such a great record that we can afford to uh, to just urinate all over this guy all the time? I never quite understood that. I don't know if you ever thought about that either. Well, I mean, you know, this is this is this is the reason why is uh, we don't discuss issues when you're campaigning mm-hmm. because people don't vote for a person. They vote against. So I'm trying to make you look bad. Yeah. So I'm going to sling mud. I'm not going to talk about issues because I have no idea to how to solve this thing. And honestly, Republicans and Democrats don't want to solve these issues because they can come to you, whatever they can go to a, de- a Texas Republican and say, we need to fix this border and I need money to do it. Just like what Biden's saying. I need the Senate to give me money and give me the authority mm-hmm. to fix the border. So you're telling me since 1986, when we passed the first reform act, the illegal immigration uh, act. And then 1996, when we amended it, that all those presidents didn't let people just run willy-nilly through our border? No, they didn't. Every single one of them controlled the border at some aspect. Some of them did it great. Some of them not so good. Biden, you're doing it terrible. And this is the one that's going to bite him. He's going to lose this election because of this. And if you read that bill that they're trying to pass, it is ridiculous. Oh, we're going to let 4,000 run through. And then I can make a decision. And then if it hits 5,000, then we're in trouble, right? Yeah, a right. day, right? But I'm only going to do it 270 days out of the year. Uh-huh. Are you serious? <laughs> oh, well, to me, though, what told me everything was that it was $1.3 billion, I think, was for uh, flying illegals around, you know, that, that sort of yeah. thing. And uh, maybe $800 million or so for available for wall construction. Not saying build the wall, just it's available, which means it would just never get done. You know that. You know how that game's played. And here's the deal with walls. If you build a 30-foot wall, they're going to show up with a 31-foot ladder. The walls are there to channelize the, the drug cartels, mm-hmm. the, the drug traffickers, because they have heavy, you know, heavy weight. They're not going to climb over that wall. They're going to go around it. So it's just like in the military. We channelize things. But in my book, I discuss this. And I say there's three, there's three things we need to do. Number one, shut the border down. Mm-hmm. Number two, guest worker program. So I also work agriculture. I'm telling you right now, I've got, I, I, I will take anybody <laughs> to run heavy equipment, grain carts, semi full training. And that's what we're, we're looking at doing. And I'm like, you know, we can go down to Mexico and start a training school and get these guys, come and bring them up here for six months and run the circuit and go home. Because guess what? That's what we did in the 60s. That's what we did in the 50s. It worked then. It's perfect. It's perfectly fine. You know, you don't need a replacement population. All right. John, I appreciate the take. And it's uh, called We Are America is your book, A Voice from the Silent Majority. Some real yes, solutions sir. in there, and uh, I will get all the information up there about this. I'm going to buy a copy of it and put, stick it in my Kindle. I'm going to read it and then have you back, okay? I promise all you right, that. Yeah. All right? Yeah, we'll, we'll attack each chapter as you want. All right. So there's a couple of them in there that I just threw in there, and I've made them. You're going to be like, what are you thinking? All right. But, I appreciate it, John, but it's great having you on. We'll have you back, okay? Thank you. All right, Bill. Take care. John DeVerti. It's uh, six minutes after seven. This is KMED, KMED HD1, Eagle Point, Medford, KCMD, Grants Pass. Hi, I'm Tom Connors. Went to 